Hello, action takers. Welcome to Live Blissed Out, a podcast where I have authentic conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help us get the scoop, the 411, and the lowdown on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Want to save yourself that trip to the market? Instacart delivers groceries in as little as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. Receive free delivery on your first order over $35. Just follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know I sent you and help support the show. Instacart, never step foot in a grocery store again. This is episode 25, and my guest is Sandy Williams at Savvy Healthcare Consumer. Sandy is a healthcare professional, having served in numerous roles to include physician consulting and working for a large healthcare insurance company in a leadership role. She worked on the front line addressing physician and consumer issues. The purpose of Savvy Healthcare Consumer blog is to inform and provide resources through posts, video tutorials, and helpful links. She will cover topics from healthcare basics, shopping for plans, opting out of healthcare pros and cons, patient rights, and changes in healthcare to mention a few. Sandy's end goal is to empower the consumer with knowledge to help them make smart healthcare decisions. For more information, visit our website at SavvyHealthCareConsumer.com. Hey Sandy, great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Marissa. Happy to be here. I have to tell you, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Thank you so much for all you do and bringing awareness on so many different topics. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. I enjoy it so much. And I'm glad you're listening and getting something out of the topics that we talk about. Thank you so much, Sandy, for that. I appreciate it. We're going to be talking today about what it takes to be a savvy healthcare consumer. What does that mean to you in terms of helping people become more savvy in relation to the healthcare? Sure. So I had worked as a consultant and I also worked for a large healthcare insurance company. And in my roles, I heard so many stories of level frustration from consumers just trying to understand their plan, understanding why maybe an authorization for services was denied, frustrated with bills, understanding an explanation of benefits. And my heart really went out to individuals trying to take care of their health and all the while trying to understand and navigate this administrative complicated side of healthcare. I also take care of my mom. She's 79 and on Medicare, but is just trying to understand authorizations herself or what to do when she gets a bill. So I've really worked with her to try to help her not be scared or fearful. You know, if she's concerned that an authorization was denied, that there are options for her that she can work through. So the bottom line, I find that so many consumers, just having that knowledge that, you know, no is may not necessarily be no, but be informed to know what other options may be available. So I think it's Savvy healthcare consumer is having the resources and the knowledge available to make smarter decisions as it relates to healthcare uh, choices. And I think most of us can relate to this. There is nothing simple about the healthcare process. I mean, life is complicated as it is. We all know that. But healthcare is just one of those areas where you cross your fingers and hope.
hope you don't have to deal with it, but inevitably we get sick. And when that happens, we get surprised with things that we didn't expect or we didn't even know what we had clearly because we were confused in the first place. It's very frustrating when we're faced with that situation and we're not prepared. And as I mentioned to you, my goal in the podcast is to really help people become more aware and informed so that they can make the best choices for themselves. And I think healthcare is just one of those areas that I think is going to hit home for a lot of people. In that case, what do you feel are some of the major pain points that you are discovering that people are having to deal with in relation to healthcare? It's just understanding the acronyms. When people hear POS, EPO, HMO, PPO, just trying to understand, yes, I have a plan or I'm purchasing a plan, understanding exactly what that means, understanding high deductibles. A lot of people are purchasing high deductible plans and really understanding what that means in terms of their care. Again, if they're healthy, that's great. But if there's an ongoing condition and treatment is needed. Do they understand that that's a huge out-of-pocket that they may have to pay? So really understanding that piece of it, understanding really urgent care versus ER, and trying to understand what is the best choice for the circumstances that they may have at that time, or you know, understanding preventative services. When back in my previous role, Many people come forward and say, I have all these preventative services, but I'm not using them. And a big piece of it was just not understanding that it really is a free service. It can be a cost if there's something that's found that needs to be treated. But the whole point is if it's preventative, say a mammogram or colonoscopy, these are all things that people should take advantage of. But I find that people just, you know, struggle with the answers out of these and maybe don't have the time to research. So my goal is to really help with these pain points by providing articles that hopefully are easy to read, quick view videos or links to help people better understand some of these concepts. I think it's so wonderful. And I also think a situation, for example, where you get denied by your insurance company, what do you do at that point? Do you have any options available or what happens when you go in for some sort of health check or some sort of health thing that they have to do? And then you all of a sudden get this bill that you didn't expect. Now what happens? How do you deal with that? Essentially, if I understand correctly, you are providing a place for people to go to gather information or to at least understand and circumnavigate some of these questions and things that they're dealing with so that then they know what the next steps are, what they should be thinking about to address them. Absolutely. And then not just that about those day-to-day concepts, but I also think about coming up on an election year. One of the things I try to provide as well is, you know, healthcare reform is a big piece of that as well. And so I try to provide information on what the current candidates are proposing, just so that people can be smarter about that decision that they make when they vote. Not that I'm trying to get into political conversation, but if someone is recommending a Medicare for all or some sort of plan, I hope that that's also a reason resources well, because that impacts all of the plans that I mentioned, that impacts authorizations for care, that impacts deductibles. So that's another piece that I want to provide as well. Just again, let's be smart savvy consumers, because that's really going to help make smart decisions for health and financial decisions. I completely agree. The more 
open our eyes are and how we get into things, the more prepared we are to be able to deal with them and make the decisions that work best for us. And so that awareness is key. And I know that, for example, in Colorado here, at least my understanding, because it happened to me is when you go to the doctor, you can in certain situations, and I'm not sure if this is already law, but I believe you can ask how much something is going to cost. And the doctor can literally show you, yeah, this procedure is going to cost this much or whatnot. At least in the situation that I was in, I was able to get that information right away. And I was able to make a decision as to whether or not that was something that I wanted to proceed with. So the more informed you are, the less surprises there are on the back end. And then when you do get surprised with something that you didn't expect, then you know what resources are out there to address it. Correct. And I love what you said about the asking the provider for an estimate, or you should be able to ask that. What I love about it is I think that consumers should be proactive. Feel free to ask for that cost estimate. And also later in the resources that we provide, there is like a cost estimator. Now it is an estimate, but at least it puts you in the ballpark. So again, going back to making that smart decision, you can look at what you need, you know, look at what the cost is. And if you need to either wait a month, if that's something that you can do based on the condition or again, just make decisions that are going to be smart for you. But I love what you said about just taking the driver's seat as a consumer. It's not just the physician talking or the front staff. Be proactive and ask those questions as well. So you can walk away and feel like, okay, I've got this. I know what I'm dealing with, but I also now have the answers that I need from a financial perspective or if an off's denied, at least I've asked the questions and I have options. And I think that's really important. Yes. And I agree with you in terms of the political choices that we make, because at the end of the day, I truly believe that there are pros and cons, no matter what decision we make, regardless of what your feelings are, where you stand, every choice has consequences. And so you as an individual need to decide what's the priority and how are we going to make this work. And by going into it with that understanding, then you can decide exactly which option you feel is right for yourself and for our country. And that's important because if we educate people on the pros and cons, then they understand both sides of the court, so to speak, and they can make the decision that they feel comfortable with. Exactly. What are some of the most common things people are inquiring about? Yeah, a couple of situations. I actually had a dear friend ask about this. She had actually had a surgery, contacted her insurance company, got an approval for authorization for the services and was relieved, was ready to go. And then when she actually went into the surgery, she met the anesthesiologist maybe about 10 or 15 minutes prior to the surgery. And thankfully, surgery went well. But about a month later, she received a $3,300 bill from the anesthesiologist, which was really very shocking to her. So she was very concerned about this because she thought she did everything right with the authorization approval and in network hospital. So we were chatting about options and in the hospital, anesthesiologists tend to round. And so you don't always know who you're going to get. And in her situation, as I mentioned, she met the anesthesiologist about 10 minutes before her surgery. So the last thing on her mind is to ask if the providers in network with her insurance company. So it turns out this anesthesiologist wasn't. And so she ended up with the bill. And in her case, she opted to go ahead and pay for it because she tried to appeal with her insurance company, but they upheld the appeal and said, we don't have to pay. And so we kind of discussed options that she may have. And again, it varies from insurance company and situation, of course, but we talked about maybe going and contacting the member services center, which most insurance companies have to really discuss that she was really caught in the middle and to see if maybe some sort of service recovery can be done because 
truly, she didn't do anything wrong. It was just a fluke circumstance that this one anesthesiologist happened to not be in network with her insurance company. Now, in her case, she opted to pay for it just because, like many people with a busy schedule, she didn't feel like she wanted to chase that issue. But the point is, is that that's what I'm trying to convey is there are many options out there to consider to not just pay the bill, but see what other options you may have to either get a service recovery or get that overturned. Agree. And sometimes, yeah, because you have so much follow-up that you need to do to get things resolved, sometimes you just say, you know what, is it worth my time? But again, that's an individual decision that you have to make. And it boils down to how prepared are you so that this type of thing doesn't happen, even though in her case, she thought she did everything right and she still got hit with a bill that she didn't expect. One other thing I would add, thankfully, this year, just as a notice to consumers, is that also being aware of house bills. There, actually, in Colorado, there is House Bill 1174 that did go into effect on 1-1-2020, and that house bill actually protects consumers who may be in a situation such as this. It says that they can't be caught in the middle and that the insurance company has to address. So, thankfully, that's changed, but for consumers, I want to make sure they're aware of that because there are more house bills coming out that are related to healthcare that hopefully help the consumer. That's fantastic. And again, these things don't come into play until people deal with problems. And then that's why we come up with legislation to help protect the consumer. And that's key. Are there any other frequently asked questions that you are identifying that you're hearing from consumers? I get a lot of questions from consumers about preventative benefits. Again, people, if they purchase their plan off the exchange, there's a list of benefits that they get that are preventative, whether it's a mammogram, whether it's a colonoscopy. There's actually a blog that I did on the site that actually provides a link for children, for women, and overall and by age that hopefully will help people determine what is available to them. So the other question I got from a friend actually was related to preventative benefits. His concern was he knew that preventative benefits were free, but he was concerned that he actually got a bill after having a colonoscopy. So he was asking me about that. He was frustrated because he had gone in for a colonoscopy. During the colonoscopy, they had found some polyps. So had they not found anything, it would have been free because that's the purpose is to go and see if anything is wrong. In his case, and thankfully, they determined that there were some polyps. So the test then became diagnostic because now they were performing a procedure to remove those polyps and have them biopsied. Thankfully, everything turned out wonderful for him. There was no issue, but he did have a small payment. So same would apply for a mammogram. If if you go in and everything's okay, but if there's additional testing, thank goodness they found out, right? And found out early. But if it turns into a diagnostic or, hey, I found something, let's dig a little bit further, then sometimes there may be a cost. It's just to make sure people are aware of the preventative benefits being no cost and when it turns into a cost. That makes sense. It goes from preventative to diagnostic, even though in general, we lump it up as preventative. If they do discover something, then it turns into diagnostic and then there may be additional costs incurred, you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. A lot of people are finding or they go into their physician office and they either get a letter or they see uh, at the front desk a memo about telehealth. So get a lot of questions about exactly what is that and how will I be charged? So I think you'll see a lot more of that, but telehealth is really, I can have a video conference with my provider or I can have a mobile phone conversation on my smartphone or FaceTime with my physician. But most of these visits are hopefully more convenient because sometimes Sometimes, especially if you're in a rural area, trying to drive in can be time consuming, but also just being able to, if it's 
just a slight cough or something and you don't want to go into an office where everybody else is coughing, it's just a good option to have. But most of the charges for these are much like if, if the person had actually gone into the office and seen the physician for 15 minutes. The same would apply for a telehealth visit as well. So I think we'll begin to see more of it. It's very similar to going into the office as well in terms of payment. So for example, if you were going in to visit a doctor and you had a certain deductible amount, then it'll probably apply in this situation as well. Yes, definitely. I know that you are not giving one-to-one advice to consumers. You are helping them gather information for themselves so they can make decisions and be aware through your website and your blog and the information that you post in there. I know that that is one of the things you want to do is you want to be able to hear from the consumers themselves about what challenges they are faced with, what they'd like to learn more about that will help them. My understanding is that you are putting out a survey and you're requesting some feedback back from the consumers and you're giving a reward in exchange for that through some sort of contest. Could you talk to me a little bit about what that is? So yeah, two things. This is really a passion of mine to get back to the consumer. So if there are questions about a blog that I've written, I'm happy to answer a question in a comment. Or if there are ideas that people would like covered, there's definitely the information on my contact page. It's definitely a resource, as you mentioned. I actually have a poll and I'm asking really what consumers are interested in for 2020. And I provided some options, but I also have a category other where people can free text if those options are not ones that they agree with. And my whole purpose of this is I just want to hear from individuals what they want to hear about, what's on their mind for 2020. So I can provide those blog posts and video posts and resources, again, to give back to the consumer. I am giving two $25 Amazon gift cards away to those that complete the poll. And all they need to do is in the other column, just put keyword savvy. So I know that it's from that person. And that way I can make sure and put their name in for the drawing. That's fantastic. And I think the information that they share is going to be so helpful for everyone because it'll give you more insight about what people need to hear about, what they want to learn about and keep them up to date, which is the whole point of what you're doing is really trying to provide a place for people to go to gather information that is current and that will help them address whatever situation they might be facing. No, you're right about that. And the one other point is I know there are lots of types of sites that are out there. And and if they have valuable information, I definitely link to that site. But I always like to think one of the differentiators, again, is one, I want to hear the topics from the consumer. But again, I think it's also including that healthcare reform piece. And also I include a healthcare disruptor piece as well, because I think there are so many new options coming to us by way of Amazon pill pack, how to get my prescriptions delivered differently, or ER services mobile coming to my home. I mean, there's so many new things, Minute Clinic at a King Super or CVS. So it's better understanding what these are. And also I apply consumer stories as well to, again, take the stories that I mentioned earlier. These are real stories that I also include because I think people can relate to that. And hopefully that makes it a differentiator, but mostly in that it makes it more palatable for the consumer to understand because that's really at the heart of what I'm trying to do. Based on that, it just got me thinking about the day-to-day decisions that we have to make. And there's just so many choices and we never know what to pick. We've all experienced it. You go to the grocery aisle and you're standing there and there are like a million choices for toothpaste or a million choices for (laughs) mouthwash or whatever it is that you're buying. And how do you really know which one is the right fit for you? Because they all work in some way, but does it really matter? Having that conversation and listening to people in the field and getting 
more data behind it will help you decide what the priority is for you so that when you're going into it, you make the best choices for yourself. Absolutely. For sure. I would even say too, if you think about the last thing is that I think of a pie chart visually, if you can imagine that. And if you were to sit down and and divide up where your expenses go, I mean, obviously I think the big one for most is a mortgage payment or car payment. But if you were to think about healthcare costs and what you're paying, it's probably a big piece of that pie chart. And if it's that big piece of your finances a month, I think why not be smart about making the best decisions and being informed to make sure that that money is well spent for your family and your health. Are there any other resources out there that you would recommend they check out that might complement the website that you have? These are resources that I recommend. There's like a cost estimator. We talked about that earlier in the podcast, but it's from Fair Health Consumer and they do allow you to put in for like a colonoscopy or knee replacement. And again, it is an estimate. Costs can vary based on the contract that the provider has with the insurance company, but at least it gets you in the ballpark. And the other I always great resource is Healthcare National News from the Kaiser Family Foundation. They're just a great resource of the latest headline news or concerns or statistics about plans that people buy most or concerns. So I always find it to be a wealth of information. And within some of the blogs that I write, I always try to put links within those as well that provide, again, additional valuable resources that I hope people find beneficial. I'm going to repeat that for our listeners. It's Fair Health Consumer consumer.org and kff.org, which I will include in the show notes as well for them to access. What is your website, Sandy? It is SavvyHealthCareConsumer.com. Easy to remember, SavvyHealthCareConsumer.com. Great resource for us to go to get information, become aware, feel empowered to make decisions. I can't thank you enough for being on the show, Sandy, because I think this is something that impacts all of us. And just having a resource like what you are going to be providing this year and going forward is going to help a lot of people. And I thank you so much for serving all of us and helping us have access to these resources that we probably wouldn't otherwise know existed. Well, thank you, Marissa. I appreciate it and be well. Thank you, Sandy. That's all for this episode of Live Blissed Out. Thanks for listening and thanks to Sandy Williams for being my guest. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now, and remember to keep moving forward.